Hello, nomads, and welcome to episode twenty-one. Is it twenty-one? Twenty-one. Right? That's right. Twenty-one. Yeah. Yeah. It feels so weird. We made it. Yeah, it's cool being in the twenties. Drinking age now. Uh, I'm drinking, but Eric just told us before recording that he is not drinking. He has no alcohol in his house. No alcohol. Like I, I might have a, a bottle of Fireball hidden somewhere, but I'm not gonna go look he's for not, it. He's not that person that will dig it up. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that desperate. But this is the No Man's a Fantasy podcast. Uh, my name is Brandon, and yeah, I'm talking to uh, who am I talking to? Eric. Why don't we just wait here for a little while, see what happens? Ooh, nice, <laughs> Dave. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> hey. How are we doing today? Oh, you got nothing? That's not a quote from the movie. <laughs> that isn't a quote. I'm just asking. I'm just asking how are we doing today? I'm I'm feeling pretty good, but Dave, right. you like were you at the bar? I'm feeling earlier? good. Oh uh, yeah, I was out. I was dibbling and dabbling tonight, so <laughs> dibbling coming in hot. Cutting loose. Uh yeah, we're going to be talking about The Thing. It's a movie that came out in 1982. It's a John Carpenter movie. This is a pretty popular movie and we're at the at what the end of september here almost we're getting ready for halloween and dave kind of said like this is a good movie to kind of get you in that mood because it's not full-on scary right dave well i i had never seen it before it was just one of those wait what you've never seen I think this any movie? of us have no. seen it. or brandon, brandon was the only it? one that saw it so i was uh okay it was one of those ones that i've heard of before but i'd never really seen and i, I don't really i dig didn't into know that into horror movies so uh, Dude, that is so cool. I enjoyed this one. That was good. Yep, I've never seen it either. But we'll get it. We'll get into that. Okay. Um. Well, yeah. All right. Well, then here we go. So I'm hoping that everybody has seen this movie by the time they listen to this recording because we're going to get into spoiled territory. We're going to be talking about the thing, but not only the thing, the movie from 1982, but there's a version of it from the 50s. There's a version that came out in 2011, and it's actually uh, based off of a novella that came out in... 1930 something 30 something 1938 34 so it's an old story and it's a cool sci-fi thriller but the 80s the 80s version of it the the thing that john carpenter did is it's just so cool for many and we'll get into why it's awesome but um before we do that why don't we catch up so Eric, I got nothing really to talk about other than I finished the the last episode of The Terror. Uh and it was really good and it was really it's a really good show. It's really cool. Uh, I really want everybody to see that show. I'd love you guys to see it so we can talk about it. But um uh it's I don't know. I don't want to talk anything else about it. Just go into it if you're in the mood. It's kind of like the thing where it's it's more of a thriller and there's only a couple kind of jump scares I guess, but um, that's about all saying that, but yeah, Eric, what have you been up to? Well, first of all, I have a, I have a bone to pick Uh-oh. really quick. I don't know if you guys, okay. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but we were talking about, um, a couple, I think it was two episodes back episode 19. We we're talking about, um, video mm-hmm. games. Is it possible to make a good video game or a good movie based off of a video game? And I, in that, in that episode, I mentioned the super Mario brothers, animated movie oh no that is being oh no (laughs) created by illumination um and just today they announced the voice cast of that movie okay let me just not heard any of this you haven't heard neither of you have heard this this is great okay no all right this will be a little a trivia then or not even like a a guessing game here so just just throw out the a, a guess for who you think is voicing mario in the super mario brothers movie Nolan North. 
John Leguizamo. Because <laughs> he played Luigi in the movie. Well, oh, both of you are incorrect. The correct answer should be Charles Martinet, but unfortunately, is it is not. The, the Rock. Oh, that is that is a very good guess. That's the right track for sure. Um, the correct answer is Chris Pratt. Huh? How's that hit? Um, that's a little weird. I'm I'm curious to hear his like stereotypical Italian plumber accent. Yeah, I would like to. I'd like to hear a little bit more of that before I make judgment. But I'm not. That's I'm not feeling it. There is some other people in this cast I am feeling though. Okay. Okay. Let me hit you with this. Um, I don't know Anna Taylor Joy. I don't know if you guys know who that is. That's gonna be Peach. No. Charlie okay. Day. Um, from Always Sunny, he's gonna be Charlie. Luigi. Love Charlie. Luigi. All right, great. Okay, that's good. I like it. This one's a banger. Jack Black as Bowser. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I love Jack Black. I'm getting a lot. I'm getting on board. That's with weird. This. All right, this is interesting. Um, I'm not a yeah. Uh, Keegan Michael Key as Toad. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> that's that's oh fucking cool. God. All right. Okay. I I, uh, all right. Okay. Seth Rogen is going to be Donkey Kong in the Mario movie. Okay. Okay. I'm, Fred, I think I'm getting fully on board with this. Fred Armisen is going to be Cranky Kong. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and then there's a couple other people I don't know, but those were the major ones. Wow, those are some that's some heat coming in for the Mario movie. That's like some those are some name droppers right there. Yep. I just thought I'd get that out there cuz that that is hot, hot news right now. I, I'm curious to hear Chris Pratt's uh, yeah, stereotypical plumber, plumber voice. After, but after Heath Ledger played the Joker, I've just like accepted anything that I wasn't expecting at this point when it comes to roles, and I'm I'm open to Mario talking to some extent. Um, I'm okay with there being another version of him out there. I'm open for it if it's done right. Prove me wrong, you know. My, I am like prove me wrong. Like I. Don't know if you're going to pull this off, but if it was Pixar, I would have more faith. But this is Illumination, right? Yep, Illumination. Yeah, yeah. So They did just, also yeah. say Charles Martinet would appear in some cameos, but they're kind of keeping them secrets. So hmm. at least he'll be in there. Okay. But that, I just, I thought that was an, some interesting casting choices there. Hmm. I mean, you had my interest before, but now you have my attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. go. That, that's where I'll go. That's what I just wanted to get that out there. As far as games for me, um, I'm still on the Psychonauts train. I played that VR game, Rhombus of Ruin, and that game. Yeah, how was it? Really good. Um, so a lot of th- a lot of times with VR, there's like restrictions on, or like the movement doesn't feel good. But in this game, it it kind of makes sense because like you're kind of bound to a chair. And you're using like your mental powers to move objects around the world. Um, so you got all the powers that you have in the the regular Psychonauts games, like your Psy Blast, your telekinesis, your pyrokinesis, all that stuff. And you use them good, though. really cool that ways gets rid to of solve like puzzles. The, sorry, that gets rid of the like the disorientation you get from like when you move around in a VR yeah. game. That helps kind of kind of get rid of that that makes a lot of sense and the way they do the moving around the environment is like you know how you have the clairvoyance ability in psychonauts um you can like go into other people's minds and like switch around to the different characters throughout the environments and like 
they use the powers in really cool ways to solve the puzzles. So, I mean, it only it was pretty short, took like two hours to beat, but it was worth the playthrough if you're a Psychonauts fan and you have access to VR. Um, I think it's ex- I could be wrong. It might be exclusive to PlayStation VR, but that's where I played it. Um, and it was really fucking good. Uh, I played another VR game um, called Gorn. I don't know if you guys have seen this one. It's like a really dumb, like arena, f- like gladiator fighting game. Like you got these big, like dumb guys that you're wailing on with like clubs and stuff. Um, and it's really like cartoonish violence and everything. It's really fun. Are you swinging your arms and stuff like this? Or are you just yeah. like pressing buttons and stuff? Yeah, you could use your fists. Um, and then there's also weapons you can pick up and you're just beating on these uh, weird looking dudes. Um, so that was, I had fun with that for a minute. And then the, the other big one, I talked about it last episode, was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I started playing nice. that a bit on stream, and I love that game. The artwork is so good. That game is it's awesome. It's a banger. The animation and the artwork, sure. it's very attractive. Yeah, and it holds up. It holds up really well. Because um, like it was very controversial back in the day that this was a PlayStation game, and they made it in like pixel art. They were, you know, they kept it uh, with pixel art form because like back then in the 90s, everyone was like they wanted 3D, 3D, 3D. So when this game came out and it was still like 2D pixel based, people were like freaking out. But then they actually played the game and realized it's a, like a masterpiece. Well, so. that's I but mean, that's a tough use... thing. You go back, yeah. you go back to some of those early 3D games and they look like shit. Now, exactly. But like you can play a pixel game from back then and it looks, you know, pixel art Holds is pixel up. art. It looks fucking good. Holds up really well. And they do use some like 3D elements in the game in really smart ways, um, just like here and there. But yeah, I'm going to keep playing through that. Uh, And that's all I had. Nice. Dave, what do you got? Uh, Let's see. Uh, I started watching Why the Last Man on Hulu. Uh, That is a pretty intense like adaption of the graphic novel. I wasn't sure about some of the casting when I first saw like the, just the faces because they didn't match up with what they were in the book. But uh, so far, I'm two episodes in and uh, that is pretty fucking awesome so far. Um, it follows the book pretty closely. Um, hits the main story beats. Uh, I guess I don't want to spoil anything too much, but uh, shit escalates pretty quickly in that show. So uh, it doesn't take long for you know for things to start to escalate but uh that one's pretty super pretty good so far i think there are only four episodes in so it's not like it's uh it's super deep into that show quite yet um that was about all i watched this week and then playing i've been in like the we talked about castlevania last week i finished up castlevania 3 which was way tougher than the first one um I did a lot of safe scumming on my way through the end of that game. Felt like a dirt bag, but you got to do it. Whatever you got. Some of those old games are just you're you're just meant to like you're meant to bang your head against the wall until you learn all of the end bosses like moves and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of save scum my it was, way. It's really hard. I'm trying to not do that with Symphony of the Night. Like I'm trying to use the in-game save points, but sometimes. Oh, they have states in that. They, well, when you're the way I'm playing it, I have save states. Um, okay. But yeah, I'm trying to, you know, not 
like save scum and use save states because I just want to kind of experience it the way it's meant to be experienced. But some of the save points set you back really far. Like if you die yeah, and, and like you lose all the items that you picked up and collected and all the stuff and all the charms mm. and everything that you found. So that was tough to, to swallow when I when I died the first couple times. Speaking of that, I was playing some Resident Evil 2. I was trying to finish that up. I was feeling in the Halloweeny mood. And the remake? Yes, the remake. And I was already nice. about halfway through that. I was through like the uh police station part of it and I was going into the sewers. And uh You haven't finished that one yet? No. I haven't played that one oh, in a long time man. either, but uh the sewers, you know, is an interesting bit. You know, you go through bits and pieces here and there, but the thing with those games is you have the typewriter that you have to find in order to save. And I had done a good chunk of it, hit a typewriter, went and did yep. a whole bunch of other side stuff, you know, in the sewers. And then you end up, you know, working your way to the laboratory. But like, just as I was about to exit the sewers, I'm like, you know, I got the last thing. I got the last key. I got all these stupid, you know, chess pieces that you need for some reason. Yeah, so for dumb. some reason, the sewer system the of Raccoon City thing. is like run by chess pieces and like fuse boxes, <laughs> which makes absolutely no sense. No sense. Whatever. Um, but no, I went and I hit the elevator button to go up to like back to the room to put in the chess pieces. And somehow I glitched outside of the geometry of the world. And oh. I, I could not get back. Like, I could still run around and do stuff, but I couldn't get back through the walls to get back into the world. So that sucks. at that point, I just said, fuck it. And I just paused it and I haven't come back to it yet. But I will I will have to finish that one up because we're looking at I wanted to get into the Resident Evil mood again because we're going to be hitting Resident Evil 7 soon and mm. hopefully playing that on stream and scaring the piss out of myself for the Internet. But whatever. <laughs> Um, after that, this week I played, uh, you know, Halloween's coming up and the kid got into some costume quest, uh, ended up playing like a good chunk of the first one. And that one's a good game to play with your kids. Uh, you know, it's got a real Halloweeny feel. You're going trick or treating from door to door, swapping out costumes, collecting pieces for more costumes and stuff like that. It's got like the, uh, timing based combat in it, which is a little tough for kids that are younger, I guess I would say. So I have to do a lot of the combat and then I have to let the kid do a lot of the wandering around the village and trick or treating and bullshit like that. But that one's kind of cool. Uh, it's on game pass. So it's good to just jump in and, you know, run around with for a week or two until you get bored of it or whatever until Halloween goes past and that the game doesn't feel like you should be playing it anymore. Um, and other than that, me and Brandon played a little bit of fallout. You know, ran around for a little while. Yeah, we did. Those yeah, fun. Brandon, you booted up Fallout, eh? Yeah. I, I've been having hard drive problems, issues on my Xbox. So I had like 30 games that were in the update queue. And Brandon Brandon was like... <laughs> it was like, can you play this? No. Can you play this? No. How about this? No. <laughs> it was, right, well, I felt bad. So How about Fallout 76? And that, yes. That okay, game is always that. updated on my <laughs> oh console. My God. So, yeah, we just ran around and I was, you know, showing Brandon Got some of the ball. ropes and, yeah, showing him how to set up his camp and that kind of crap. So, you know, that one, they just released a new season and that kind of sounds like the exact thing that I did with you, Dave. I think I, I think it, I <laughs> when you think it was took me around. actually, but uh, 
Yeah, just kind of explaining some stuff to Brandon about how the cards work and how leveling works and some of that stuff, because it's not as crazy as like uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Like that gets a little intense where you have to like buy bank slots and all sorts of shit like that. I, lo- I actually like it. I was enjoying it felt like a regular game yeah. that they would make. It didn't feel like this weird ver- like ESO is like the on- like Elder Scrolls Online feels inferior to Skyrim. And it's like, but this yes. was made after and it it doesn't play as good. And I didn't really care for Fallout 3 and 4 was like, well, okay, I didn't really give it a shot because I just didn't care for 3. And then yeah, this I don't know. I'm I'm actually kind of digging it, Dave. Um, it's cool having a yeah. buddy there. I told you guys before though. I love the idea how it's like trapped in like the that look, that aesthetic. I love that um, aesthetic that they had. The art direction in that game is good, and the music's really good. It's like Skyrim music. Yeah, so even I'm the down to play it. So you think you'll go back to it? Oh, I'm up. You think you will uh, boot it up? I've again, stated Brandon? that I would. I would play this game on the podcast actually a few episodes back so I'll, I'll play you guys just don't bring it up but uh i'm down absolutely if you guys want to stream it we can stream it i'd hop in um, i'd hop in for for a romp around uh appalachia or okay. whatever it is yeah and i mean i i played it the other night too where i just like joined a random team like a public team and went and did just some like random public events and stuff like that had a good time it was kind of it was kind of chaotic and fun and crazy and all that kind of stuff so I mean, once you work your way up to like, you know, level 30, level 50, then you start to get into like the, no, you, know, you have to have <laughs> your, yeah, you got to, you got to have your builds set and like, you know, stuff like that. We're like, am I going to be a shotgun guy? Am I going to be an automatic rifle guy? That kind of shit. So, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to take you guys in. It's a, they have made some drastic improvements since that game launched. So, oh yeah. Like the dog it's, animations uh, were fantastic uh, in that. Yeah, where their legs don't move and they just kind of like oh my slide God. forward too, and like Eric, sometimes so it happens. This game, sometimes I can see why people are shit in this game though because it's just what are they doing? So I'm walking out of nowhere, this dog runs at me, or wolf, or whatever it was, running at me, and its legs are just not moving. So it's just like the static <laughs> moving dog <laughs> running at me and jumping at. It. it would animate when it jumped at me, but when it was on the ground and Dave saw it, and I'm like, okay, we both see this. We're yes. Yeah. Stupid. And then we're walking up this hill to a, for a quest, and then out of nowhere, this guy that I had to talk to or whatever, this NPC or whatever it was, just boom, from the sky, just <laughs> lands right on That's pretty cool. the ground, right in front of it's me. That, it's that creation engine jank where, like, you know. Oh, okay. They, like, they, I don't engine. know. Bethesda, Bethesda took a single-player engine and kind of wedged a multiplayer can, engine into right, it kind of and you can see the you can see the seam somewhere some places so it seems in a weird that, way it's like a digital seam it does yeah happen. it's gotten it's gotten better since launch well i'll say that for sure because it didn't ruin you know, it like, i just made me laugh. army of army of t-posing super mutants walking at yep. you like that shit doesn't happen that's too the, much anymore but you still get some the bethesda jank <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's always a level of bethesda jank but that's about all I got into this week. Oh, uh, okay. I know I said I didn't have, I didn't do too much. But I forgot. I actually have been dabbling in this one game. So Game Pass, like I don't know what a week ago or two weeks ago, they just dumped all these games on us. Uh, 
like, out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay. One of them was called The Artful Escape. Have either of you guys played it? Mm, I, I have played, not played I've, it, but I've heard good things. Heard a bit. Yeah. Dude, it seems I don't know like a game right explain. up your alley. So it's one of those games where it's like inside or something where you could just go right or left and that's and you can jump and dodge things and stuff like that. But this game is more about um, kind of like Guitar Hero kind of approach to it. So you can go left, right, you can go up, down, you can talk to people and all that stuff. The artwork is fantastic. And the music is kind of cool. Uh, but the concept is like, <laughs> I don't understand. He says he's a folk guitarist or whatever, but all he does is shred epic solos throughout the whole game. And if you hold on the shred button, the, the guitar, like the player will play the guitar and the music makes the world around him come alive. And since he's constantly moving to like to the right, uh, the world's moving really fast and the art is really beautiful. And it's just kind of, you're just vegging out watching it and doing very minimal controls until you get to like a boss or whatever. Not a boss, but you got to perform to these. And I want to even talk about the story because it makes no fucking sense. You just got to enjoy the ride. But then it turns into this garage band, right, garage band, guitar hero, where it's like, I, I, it'll say like Simon Says kind of approach where like blue, yellow, red, LBRB, you know, and you got, you got to like mimic it and then you kind of do solos together. It's all I can really say. Yeah. It's just play it. The intro is, is is good, but it's not anything what you're going to play. I mean, other than it's kind of like the simple mechanics going left and right and talking to people, but, um, it goes from like here you're on Earth to I'll I'll just leave it at that and it's just like this game is weird but the artwork I keep st- I can't stop playing it I've played it over the like two nights and I'm probably gonna finish it next time I play it but I just can't like where's this what's the next what's it gonna turn into what what am I doing oh my god it's just I can't it's eye candy mm-hmm. you can't stop it's just yeah, you can't stop in the music yeah it's so weird it's it's so chill and relaxing. Definitely uh, get intoxicated uh, in some capacity, <laughs> whatever your whatever your choice is. <laughs> do it. I highly recommend it and enjoy. Other than that, that was it. Yeah, that game was called um, The Artful Escape, which just, came, just dropped on Game Pass. So that's about it. Um, all right, let's take a break, and then we'll talk about The Thing. All right, we're back, and holy shit, we are back with a good movie to talk about. It is, like I said earlier, it's getting to that season of the year, that time of the year where horror movies are kind of in, man, and uh, the season's changing, and it's getting cooler out, and it's hard to watch a movie like The Thing in the summer. I don't, because especially in Buffalo, you're like... I like snow, but fuck snow in the summer. I don't really want to. Yeah. I don't want to see it in movies or anything like that. But now that it's late September, it's like okay, we can uh, we can dabble a little bit in this. And this is a good sci-fi horror, sci-fi thriller, mm-hmm. suspense. That, a couple, couple of in the suspense, suspense thriller. I didn't. Yeah, you can dip your feet into, but 
Um, before we get too far into the movie, and I know we're excited to talk about it, um, we actually did a sh- like kind of shout out, called out, hey, if you have anything you want to say about this movie, um, I-, I didn't know Dave didn't see this movie. I knew Eric, but Dave didn't see this movie. So there's a lot of people who have, and they love, uh, this is a lot of people's favorite horror movie, actually. So uh, Eric, do you have just some of the things that people were saying about this movie, and then maybe we can touch on them later as we get into sure. this. Yeah. Um, so you can, first of all, you can follow us at Nomads of Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. Um, so on Twitter, we had our good friend Chris Logan. Um, he said he watched it for the first time last year, and even with all the hype, it exceeded it exceeded my expectations. Hot take, that reboot slash sequel ain't good, and he's got that right. That ain't good at all. And we can talk about that later. I, I actually watched the 2011. It's actually a prequel um, to the 1982 version that we all watched. Um, so I have some thoughts on that that we can get into later. Sure. Um, I'm curious how they do a prequel. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We can we can get into it. Um, Andrew Williams uh, says, so... This uh, Chris Logan actually tagged his friend Andrew Williams in because I, I think this is one of his favorite movies. Uh, he says it's a dense question, Chris, and it really requires me to dig down deep and think of the strengths of the movie in relation to its flaws and make sure all of those get conveyed accurately to make sure the message isn't misunderstood. It's easy for a oh shit. It's fucking great. So basically <laughs> he's running out of Twitter characters there on his tweet. So that was good. I like that. <laughs> yes. Um, a couple other quick hits here. Um, Keegan Bushy, uh, one of your friends, yep, Brandon. Yep. Uh, the, the original rules. Uh, Rob Botton's work is incredible, and the cast is stacked. Um, uh, this is another one from Brandon's Facebook. Uh, Hugh Wilson Jr. The Carpenter. Oh, it's my brother. Did a great. Oh, yeah, my older brother. Brother, shout out. The Carpenter version did a great job playing on suspense. It terrified. It was terrifying. It terrified by using the unknown. I think a lot of the modern movies could learn from from it. You don't need gore and violence when the unknown is scarier. Very good point. Yeah. Um, a couple from my Facebook as well. These are the last two. <laughs> uh, reminder that the thing video game on Xbox and PS2 is surprisingly good. I don't know if you I've guys have ever played that. I've always seen want, and I before. forgot about it up until just about like an hour before recording I'm like oh my god that's right there's a game out there and it's supposed to be pretty good it's actually a direct sequel to the 1982 version of huh, the movie okay um, that's cool like the this like military team comes in and investigates all of the events that happened in the movie and they they actually find um like in the game you can find the audio log that McCready is recording um in that one scene in the movie and you can listen to that you find um, child's dead body in the in the video game, so he died after the after the movie ended. And big spoiler for the end of the video game: um, turns out you get rescued by like this helicopter pilot at the end of the game, and you get like flown out of there. And guess who it is? McCready flying the helicopter what? at the end. Oh, so that was hanging out in the Antarctic. Yep. That was a cool reveal at the end of that game. Um, huh. So McCready is still alive. Child's is dead. Uh, Fuck yeah. That's canon. 
<laughs> That's canon. Fuck yeah, Macready is the best character of the whole game, the whole movie. I think it's I think it's canon. I don't I don't see why not. Um, and then last one um, from Steve Luzader. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, will it be clobber in time? Wrong thing. The thing. Wrong the thing, thing from Fantastic Four. <laughs> it's not clobbering right. time. It's burning time. It's a good. It was a good one to end on. No, that. I like it. Uh, well, yeah. Thanks, Eric, for uh, reading some of those. Well, yeah. There's okay. So we're gonna talk about pretty much all that. Let's get into it. Um, Eric, I usually give you this duty. So yeah, why don't you just walk us through? I guess because it, it the thing is based off of a book. Well, just the story. Whatever. Just sum it up for us real quick yeah i mean the main overarching story you have this focuses on this research team in the antarctic um and basically well in like let's just talk about like the first scene of the movie um because the i feel like it sets it up nicely so basically you have this helicopter chasing this dog and these this guy like shooting at this dog for some reason like you don't know why I had a um, reason. I had an idea. I forgot why. I totally forgot why. And, and you know what's funny? I saw, before I saw the 19, I I saw this movie a long time ago and I've seen it many times. I, I forgot some of the, I don't know, the opening scene, I guess. But I did see the 1951 version or whatever um, the other night. So before the, refreshing myself on this 80 version, and I was like, totally threw me off a little bit that they're not really the same because <laughs> the eighties version is actually more similar to the book. And, uh, in the movie in the fifties version, it doesn't start off with the dogs at all. That dog scene's not in this at all. And I was like, huh? So I was just totally thrown off and I couldn't remember why the hell is a guy in the helicopter shooting at this dog? Sorry to throw you off, but I was just like, so thrown off in this scene. <laughs> I was like, where, why is this? But I, I can imagine this what a lot of people were like, yeah, no, I love it. I, I was able to capture that I think moment. that's, yeah, I think that's kind of the point of it. Because, like, well, even when the dog runs into um, the camp, like, they're all confused as to what the hell is going on, too. Like, why is this helicopter circling this camp? Why is this dog running around? And why are these uh crazy norwegian well, it was one of their dogs it. too which was so, the weird part like the dog had gone far enough to go to the norwegian camp or whatever and then right made its way back so that was a little weird but yeah so we yeah at this point the characters in the movie don't know what's going on and we also don't know what's going on um and then after that i f- i feel like it just kind of shit kind of goes down from there. Um, you know, it's revealed that that dog is actually like the first incarnation of the thing that we see um, in the movie. And he's kind of like infecting all the other dogs in the kennel or and uh, after that, like they, they uh, kill it and. I don't know. We can just kind of get into it from here because I feel like it's it's hard to yeah, explain. It's a shape shifting alien that's taking out people uh, who are happen to be mostly scientists because they're on the South Pole doing research. But there's two groups in this movie. There's two groups. There's the Norwegians, which uh, McCready keeps calling. What was it like uh, the Swiss? The Swedes. Swedes. Yeah. yeah. Swedes. <laughs> um, 
I thought that was a pretty funny little ongoing joke for a little bit. But um, and then the uh, the Americans, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. They're they're all just down there. It turns out that the Norwegians actually discover this alien ship in the ground. All right. Also, just kind of go back in further. There's the the thing that's I gotta be careful when I say the thing. <laughs> Everybody down there has access to using technology to communicate to the mainland. But the problem is that there is some kind of interference going on. In general, out of all versions, this is a common thing. It is nobody can communicate out, and that's a big deal. So now the ship is in inter- this alien ship, which apparently crashed like thousands of years 100, ago. 100,000 years ago or something, uh, they said. Or whatever they said, right? Yeah, a long time ago. And if you see the 80s version... Uh, you see the ship, it kind of looks like it's spiraling out of control. I don't think it meant to go there. I think it crash landed. Uh, but anyways, it's interrupting with uh, communications. And the Norwegian guys, they find the ship. And then they, uh, just off of the sh- away from the ship, they notice there's a body. They got either it crawled out and got frozen or it got projected out or whatever. Um, but they dig it up, a big block of ice, and they bring it to their base, and this thing thaws, and when it does, it comes back to life. And it turns out this thing can actually freeze, and it's not an issue. So maybe it purposely landed there, but it starts taking people out. The way it does is one by one. It needs to be alone to take some time to kind of make its move and then slowly mimic you, and it kind of pulls you in or whatever. I don't know. It's kind of weird how it takes people out, but it mimics something and then it becomes pretty much a clone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's it. So the whole the whole time these guys are just wondering. It's just you don't know who to trust because if, if, it, if it clones somebody, you don't know if it's a real person or not. And that's the horror. That's the idea. It's not knowing. What's cool about the thing is that it's, I mean, it is scary when you see it's one form. But the idea that you just don't know who you can trust, and that's something that we all can relate to on any given time. You can always just, I don't know if I can, are you, whatever, back in like, when does this mean, the 80s? So you had like communists, you're probably looking at like, are you a communist? You know, or whatever. And like today in 2021, you know, people are like, are you a Democrat? Are you a Republican? Are you a Trumper? Are you a, you know, everybody's just like, you don't know who around you in public is a what. Mm-hmm. And it's just plays on that paranoia it's just, and fear. Yeah. The human everybody paranoia. Has. So I just, I don't know. That's what makes this movie awesome is it does both so well, <laughs> you know, well, it felt more like a suspense movie to me rather than like a horror movie. Like it didn't have its horror moments at times, but more of it was like the sus- the suspense some of like pretty uh, grotesque body horror. In yeah, there. for 1982, like it did some fucking cool shit with like no CG. It's all animatronics and like practical effects and stuff like that. It did some really cool stuff. So I rewound a couple scenes because I'm like, how is there? How are they doing this without CG? It's so good. One scene, once I know we're jumping around here, but one that one scene specifically when um, oh, I forgot which character it is. But the doc is checking him out, and his like stomach opens That's up. That's a famous scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that oh, so good. That catches you off guard too, because you're all because you're all like, "Is he gonna die? Is he gonna die?" And all of a sudden, like, it's just like, "Nope, I'm the fucking alien." Yep. His and stomach just right opens there, up, so. and his doc's arms go in and but, chomped off. 
when his when his head comes off and it like sprouts out legs and it's crawling away and stuff like that. Like I don't oh know if it's stop God. animation yeah. or if it's some sort of something like that. But for 1982, some of the stuff that they do is pretty freaking cool. So one thing I do want to mention though is the the time that it came out in 1982. Um, apparently the movie wasn't very critically acclaimed. So in 1982, some of the movies that came out in that same month, uh, Star Trek II: Wrath of Khan. Poltergeist, uh, E.T. came out like just a couple weeks before it. So E.T. was a huge movie in the 80s. Uh, Grease came out a week before or Shit. two weeks before. Uh, and then Blade Runner came out on the same, same day, day as well. So wow. part of the Sci-fi part of the reason I think doing the good. critical acclaim wasn't there was like it was like I, I think it was like a tonal shift of like. You got all these like, you know, happy movies or E.T. was kind of like happy go lucky, you know, Steven Spielberg movie. You got your sci fi Star Trek two and Blade Runner and stuff like that. And then the thing came out and it was kind of like a whole different thing from what was coming out then. And it was rated R at the time, too. So I don't know if that really had a, a big effect on it, too. But uh, for the time it came out, I mean, apparently there were. There were some harsh words said by critics. We'll just say that uh, for this movie. Well, yeah, Roger Roger Ebert even said like this movie, like compared to the, like the the original nineteen what is it nineteen fifty whatever version. Yeah. Um, like he said, there's no point in watching the nineteen eighty two version because it does everything the original version does, but worse. And I'm like, that's okay, insane, Roger Ebert. Yeah, that's insane. Wow, New York, that is a bad New York reason. Times called it instant junk i'm like really like i, I don't know it seems like people weren't in that frame of Mo- mind movies can uh, roger do that. called it called yeah. it a great a great barf bag movie and said that the men are just setups for attacks by the thing so it seems like people weren't in the frame of mind to see it i'm and time, it doesn't but... have it doesn't have like amazing acting i don't say it doesn't have bad acting but it's not like oh you're not gonna go around don't you besmirch Kurt Russell, God damn. He was actually kind of. He, I love Kurt Russell, dude. Don't you give me wrong. Kurt Russell's he was, fucking he was like good. Movie dad. He's just growing badass. Up. Yeah. He was actually more chill though than you. He was so young in this movie, and mm-hmm. I thought he was actually. He doesn't do that yelling that he usually does in movies, and I thought he was actually more even keel. I mean, give this guy credit. He's a helicopter pilot, and he's the one that's grabbing the gun, flying around, zipping around, like let's go investigate here and all that stuff. And he uh, he's also the kind of the guy that takes all the blood samples and leads that scene. And I mm. thought like, this, oh, that was a this great guy is a, fucking. Scene. Oh, can we talk about that? But he's scene? like a he- he's a helicopter pilot. And how is he so smart so that like, he knows that to think like that? And he's surrounded by scientists. I mean, while we're while we're talking about the ages, though, John Carpenter made this movie when he was thirty four as a director. Kurt Russell was thirty one. Wilford Brimley forty eight. I mean, so. Like they were, they were still pretty fresh. You know that he's a huge fan of of this story, right? He, uh, if you watch like Halloween, if you watch his movies, he, uh, the characters in his movies are watching the nineteen fifty one version of the thing, um, the thing from another world. Another world, that's what it is. And yeah, if you watch those movies, you'll see that that version's on the TV. And so huh. Carpenter cool really throwback. wanted to do this movie. And if you know how he produced Halloween with no budget, he's he's one of the sh- 
like legendary directors, I think. And I think he's worthy of his of his accolades and good for him. This is a great movie. And it's crazy to hear that it got but Blade Runner, same thing happened, right? I mean, come on. Yep. It's a really Scott movie. Yeah, both here. movies are kind of uh, cult hits. Like when they first came out, they were kind of critically panned and didn't really get uh, great reception. But recently, they've been they've both of these movies. I feel like have become uh, cult hits. You want to talk about that scene, Eric? Though. Oh yeah, the blood, the blood scene? scene. Yeah, the blood when they're testing scene. the blood. That's yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Well, that's the highlight of the movie. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, the tension buildup was great, um, and it was great because like. Uh, like he was heating up the wire and you, I guess you didn't really know how the bad blood was supposed to react. Like right. He's going through, he's going through each sample and it, you know, he scrapes it through the blood and it just gives this little sizzle and we're like, okay, is that what's supposed to happen? You know, is that not, is, is that normal blood? Um, and then it gets to the, the contaminated blood. And as soon as he touches it to the, <laughs> to the blood it just like shrieks and like pops out of the petri dish onto the floor and the blood is like retreating i'm like i was not expecting that at all palmer to happen. that guy he was like the one that was like the vietnam looking guy where he yep yeah i didn't see as that soon as that happens yeah i did not see that and as soon as that happens palmer palmer starts like uh doing his like vibration turning into the the thing and like i don't know oh, that, that right after that when he was really good when he killed the uh he killed the radio guy too right after that he like turns into the big alien or whatever jumps up onto the ceiling and then falls down and he's like fucking giant when he comes down and he just fucking his head splits open which i'm thinking about the practical effects of this now and then the rope comes out hits the radio guys in the neck and pulls it in and eats him head first while Kurt Russell McCready or whatever is trying to get his flamethrower going. Oh, what a convenient time for it to shit the bed. But Oh, yeah. Uh, and that, <laughs> just that part in general. That was just like uh, that whole scene was just like a holy shit scene that just kind of like that's where, you know, shit per- hits the proverbial fan right there. It was great. Um, uh, can I can I talk about Kurt Russell real quick? So his character, I th- we, we he's awesome. Like he, it's it's always nice when the main character is just like instantly likable and he's just so cool and all that stuff. But he has this hat that is comically <laughs> I noticed the hat large, and it's I way too big. That's that's his flying hat, dude. He wears it throughout the movie, just about, and it's just yeah. Every time he flies, yeah, he has that's his, it. yeah. That's the wearing... hat he puts on when he flies the helicopter. Dude, I, I, started laughing i was like oh wow that's really big and i thought maybe that'll be it for the scene and then he keeps pulling it out <laughs> so over and over he loves that hat dude it's like a sombrero it's a good hat <laughs> it's so massive i'm sorry i had to make a comment about that thing some of the yeah there were some like spot like it falls into the same kind of horror tropey things that you know that movies do um like don't wander off by yourself. Towards the end of the movie, I was like, I was complaining about, you know, like, dude, you guys know ex- the same thing. exactly. You guys know what it does. Like, why would anybody ever go off by themselves? You know exactly what's supposed to happen. But it's more like when they're playing well, at the end, the dynamite towards the end, both, and stuff like that. Yeah, both Cooper and Nils both go off alone by themselves and get taken by the thing. 
when you know they just leave McCready by himself. <laughs> I'm like, haven't you learned at this point that you're supposed to stick together? That felt like, like somebody is... looked at the clock and was like, whoa, two more characters yes, got to be taken. Absolutely. Out. Yep. And I they know. did it one after another. I'm like, what the hell? Like that's how this thing gets you when you're alone by Nala's yourself. Deserved it needs an time to take too. over to you. I didn't like yeah, that exactly. he was just, he was a likable character. He was the goddamn cook and you just killed him off screen. I get some yeah. of the characters get killed off screen, but I don't know. I thought that was kind yep. of. Was yeah, kind I of didn't, lame. I don't mind so much that the character, like, you know, some sometimes it's better when the characters get killed off screen. Like, you know, you don't know exactly what happened. Um, but those two, especially at the end, felt a little bit cheap. Oh, I, I wanted, I wanted to go back to the beginning a little bit just a little bit to kind of talk about some interesting things that i've noticed just with the story um in the 1950s version and i didn't read the book and maybe dave you can talk to this but if you checked out the book at all but in the 1950s version they know that there's some kind of interference going on so there's only one camp and they send everybody pretty much or at least all the scientists and stuff like that a whole group of people out to see what's causing that interference and they discover, hey, there's something in the ground. So they land and they're like, everybody kind of does that famous scene where they kind of go as far as they can. They put their arms out and they realize it's a perfect circle and it's a ship. Um, And I think in the book and in the 1950s version, they, when they're trying to get the ship released because they don't know what it is, they use like this thermite and they destroy Mm -hmm. the ship. So the ship can't exist. And in the 50s version, there's a our news reporter this whole time. He's like, oh, my God, the greatest find of all time. And he just destroyed it. you know. But then they're like, hey, there's a body over here. So they get the body and they bring it back to their um, their you know headquarters or whatever, their camp. Uh, and uh, obviously it melts and then shit hits the fan. I noticed the, difference, the differences between the versions there. And I thought that was just interesting because... The 80s version showed scenes that were just like the 50s version when they were looking at the, what the Norwegians were doing. But the Norwegians in the 80s version didn't destroy the ship. So in this 80s version of the movie, you know, the Kurt Russell version, that ship is still there. They're actually able at one point in this movie go and say, holy shit, there's a ship here. And then they uh, go and they see a little further. Oh, there's a block of ice that's been carved up. And they go to the Norwegian camp and they see the the melted ice and it's just weird to see the two versions and the way they approach the stuff because it's mm-hmm. different but it's the same i didn't read the book and i didn't see the the, the prequel and i don't know if eric you saw the prequel oh did yeah how did that go down the it's, whole getting the yeah alien. it's just what melted the ice i guess is what i want to know because <laughs> in the 50s version the guy had an electric blanket to keep you warm but he didn't he was freaked out by the alien so he put it over the ice and it melted the ice somehow it it didn't even like they didn't even really explain it so in the in the 2011 movie um like i said it's a prequel to this so this basically this whole movie is focused on what happens at the norwegian station that we see in the 1982 movie that's all because they go back to it and they go through it and they realize you know they see that it's all burned out and everybody's dead and um that's kind of where this whole thing originated um so they they just shoehorn so many things um like callbacks into this version of the movie um and so what they do they just take the they transport the alien to their camp and this one 
one of the pilot guys that one of the American guys um, that comes in with the research team to the Norwegian station goes into the room while they're like partying because they're all they're celebrating because they discovered like alien life and all this stuff and they think they're okay. going to get rich yeah. off of it. Um, so the, this one pilot goes into the, like the room where the alien is being held in the ice and oh, before this, I should say they take a tissue sample of the alien by drilling into the ice. Um, so that kind of fractures the ice a little bit. Um, oh, so okay. I see. The one going. guy notices the ice is melting a little bit, um, and then he he can see the aliens start like moving under the ice, and then all of a sudden <laughs> it just bursts out of the ice and oh. starts attacking everybody. Um, so it was oh. really dumb. It w- there was no good payoff. Okay. Um, like I said. They they just tried to make way too many callbacks to like, hey, remember this? Hey, remember when in the 1982 movie when the axe was in the door? Well, they had to show how that happened. Um, you remember like the the burned the first burned out body that they brought back from the Norwegian yeah, camp they, well, with like the two faces? Okay. They had to show how that happened. I wouldn't yeah. mind that. That makes sense to see. I want to see that because like, what the fuck happened there? Just you know? I don't mind that. It's not. But. Part of it's like it's the mystery it. of the, uh, what happened there. True, and the, true, Dave. And the, it is part of it is the mystery. Yeah, this whole this whole movie is about the mystery. Like, Childs is he infected or not? We don't know. That movie ends with a great cliffhanger mystery. Like, we don't know, and we don't know how a lot of people. Like the one guy, one of the earlier deaths in the movie, he just walks out, and then next thing you know, we find like his burned body. We have no idea how that guy died. You know what I'm talking about? The one scientist, yeah. mm-hmm. he was vigorously mm-hmm. writing with a pencil, and then he saw yes. somebody go by, and then he goes out there. And next thing you know, he's toast. Fuchs was that? Fuchs? And that was that was another one of the great scenes of the movie, though. Is like when they they see the dead body, they see the McCready and the other crew find it, and then he looks up and he goes, "I didn't leave my cabin light on." And you know that they that they go out to the cabin to see what was going on. And then, you know, it goes back to the other crew that's in the station. They lock, they start locking all the doors or whatever. And uh, who is it? The guy comes back and says that he cut the rope on McCready because he found like the the shirt that was all torn through. Because basically when you get taken by the thing, mm-hmm. it shoots out all these weird tendrils or whatever. It rips your clothes. So, mm-hmm. so basically like that whole scene and the McCready, you know, basically breaks back in through a supply room window or whatever. And he starts holding a flare next to some TNT and he's holding everybody. I got hostage or whatever. I don't know what you want to call it, but that's like a, that's a, that's a super good, I guess the other super suspenseful part of the movies where you don't know if McCready was taken. You don't know if the other guy was taken. Like that was a a super good part. And then they kind of, I mean, obviously goes from there, but, uh, Oh, that was a really cool. I part. like that the scientist went crazy. Um, I like how he just he's goes from like with his awesome eighties technology where he sees the the virus take the other <laughs> cell yep. the cells take. Oh yeah, um, that's great. Great pixel movement. Gotta right love. There. Yeah, gotta give credit to the the world they try to build. I mean, it's a cool setting and all that stuff, but sometimes technology gets kind of snuck in these eighties movies, and you're like, whoa. But um, you believe him for a while because he goes and tries to he smashes the helicopter he smashes the fucking ground like the right. little tank I, transport because he doesn't want it to get he doesn't want to get out because he's got like that like he sees like that 80s thing that says like humans will all die if this thing gets out 
but one question I had about that guy, Blair, I think was his name, a scientist. Um, at that point when he's destroying all the radio equipment, is he already infected? Like, is he already, um, the thing at that point or is, you know, does that come later? Cause at what point is he actually, um, infected? Cause like, like you said, he, it's believable when he's doing all this research and he's like, okay, I got to stop all this stuff. I got to destroy all this equipment so nobody's able to leave. But at what point does he turn? You know what I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's... Is it when he's, they, when he's locked up in the shack or is it before that when he's like destroying all the equipment? There's a couple of those too. Well, what is it even, how do you even know when you're turned? Because he, well, I think that's another point. Um, I've heard that they make that point in the book is that, the people themselves don't actually know when they're turned. They're not aware of it. Um, so I guess that's another point. Like we don't really know exactly when everybody turns, you know, and I guess that's kind of the fun of it is like trying to decide who, who turned and when, and like trying to weed out who is not really themselves. Part of it is like the guy that's having the heart attack. Like, I don't know when he turned or whatever, but like, you know, at some point he starts having a heart attack or whatever. It takes then... time. I think it's slow. Yeah. There's a scene where the doctor, uh, he's examining the body. He's doing the autopsy. There's a scene, and I saw this on YouTube because he was talk- they were talking about when did – they were trying to explain when did people get turned and what order did they go from human form to being taken over. And they their prediction was that there's a scene where the doctor uses like a – just like a long Q-tip kind of thing. And he's poking it and he's showing people. And then when he's talking to people, he puts it up to his mouth and he taps on his lip. And all you need oh, is one little thing. Any contamination. So yeah. little by little over time, the theory was that it was slowly con- taking him over and then replacing him. on a very, oh, But it was small, so it took some cool. time. That's but a cool was, little thing. So that was, I'm like, that that makes sense why it took so long Where when he was locked up in solitary. But then again, and also, I, I'm doing research while we're talking about this. That's the same actor who did the Diabetes commercial. I did not Wolf know that. Brimley. Yeah, Wilford Brimley. He just died last year. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. It was in Cocoon. I'm just learning that right now. But uh, yeah, he was in mm-hmm. Cocoon, which is a great movie I haven't seen in like 30 years. The rules of how people are turned are kind of inconsistent. Like, um, I don't know. There are some points where the like... Uh, they're like the person's all wrapped up in tentacles, and like then George, the next point, he's like yeah, the first exa- kill that we see because he's yep, got his exactly. ass to the dead body, and he's just like, let, let me get a couple more things in here, and like, okay, as in, let me die in this scene, and then the guy <laughs> <Yep>. leaves, <laughs> and then he comes back, and he's just like shirtless, and like, Ugh. yep, <laughs> and then after that, he's got like he's outside. Oh, that was he, crazy. For some reason, he has clothes back on, but the, he's like half transformed. He's still got like the claw hands, so. I, don't, I just don't know what the, yeah. So, like, you can get contaminated from, like, one drop of blood, or you can get um I think if it's over. big and it finds you, it can it do it quicker, but I think if it's on the It's like small, a faster process? Okay. Yeah, if it, like, sneezed in somebody's mouth and all those germs were in you, it would slowly <laughs> start taking over. Ew. That's disgusting, but... Another That's point gross. that yeah. I... Another point that I um heard while I was doing research for this, too, is that when they're doing the blood test, they all use the same scalpel. So how are they not all like cross contaminating each other? Yeah, you're supposed you know to what I mean? think that like the burning of it clean cleanses it, but yeah, well, they're a good using point. the same scalpel. 
they don't wipe the scalpel off after they take it across their fingers. They I mean, just pass it down to the oh, next I'm person. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they wipe it off on scalpel. their shirt. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah, yeah but, that's right. They're yeah, using the same scalpel. Really I was thinking about it. the wire, the copper wire that he's using. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. I'm sure there's a couple holes if you look for it. Um, whatever, man. Like, if you look in the beginning of the movie, the dog starts walking around the camp while... I I do have to say that dog out. was a really good actor. I know. Like, how did it go from, like, looking it in one room solid. to looking Very well trained. Very, very well trained. Well trained. Yeah. I'm sure with the audio turned off and like you heard the real audio of the recording, they're probably, hey, hey. And the other guy's, hey, hey. And they're just <laughs> trying to get the dog's attention. From the beginning, you like I was thrown off by like thinking that the dog, like the guy that was like the dog catcher, the dog watcher or whatever, like that he was infected because Clark. they said that, you know. Yeah, Poor he Clark. was alone He's with murdered dogs by or our hero of the movie. He's straight yeah, up shot he, in the forehead. Yeah, he tries mm-hmm. to stop McCready at one point. McCready just turns around and blasts him right in the face. And you like, know, you could have shot him in the arm. That you know, like, right? Dude, yeah. you pull, shot him. You know what you're doing with a gun? Right in the eye. Yeah. yeah he Child calls that, him out. It's like you shot him. He, like he was. Yeah, human he was and not him. murdered him. Yeah, was not infected at all. So I felt bad for that guy because I. They lead you to believe that he is infected just by uh, from Wilford Brimley, Doctor Blair saying because he kind of figures out that like. You know, it doesn't take long. You know, all you need to do is be alone with this thing for a little bit and you can get infected. So that's, uh, I felt, you know, felt bad for the guy. I have to, I have to continue. I have to bring up more gripes about the 2011 prequel. Please. Um, it felt, and it didn't feel as much like a prequel. It felt more like a reboot, um, because they use, like literally all of the same tricks and like rehash everything that they did in the 1982 version. Um, like they do the blood. Uh, well, they were going to do the blood test. You know how in the 1982 version, all the blood samples get destroyed. Um, well, in the yeah, Dr. 2011 Blair cut them, I think. Right. In the 2011 version, they were going to do a blood test, but for some reason, all the lab equipment got destroyed. Um, so they couldn't do the blood test. Uh, so instead of doing the like blood burning that they did in the 1982 version, they figured out that the thing can't replicate inorganic material. So what they were doing was looking in people's mouths to see if they had metal fillings. And if they had metal, fi- metal fillings, that meant they were human. But if they didn't, that oh, meant they all were, right, that's that smart. didn't mean like they, that. that didn't mean they were necessarily not human. It just meant that they couldn't be ruled out yet. What if I just have nice teeth? You know, maybe exactly. I- that was that was actually brought up in the movie too. <laughs> but like the whole thing where McCready couldn't get the flamethrower to light when the thing was come at him, they did the same thing in the other movie. Like there, there's just so many things that they just kind of copied and pasted into the into the prequel that just really fell flat. Well, how does the how does the thing recreate human hair? And, you know, it's just like what point do you just kind of let the some of the rules? Just... No, it was a fucking it was a dog, right. so. You know, at a certain point. How do you get fur? I mean, it's it's dead cells that, like, is pushed out of your body over time. That's what hair is. How do you... I understand it's an alien. It's like, it could do anything. It's... I mean, it's replicating. Like, that's crazy. Like, you accept that. But I, I'm i just... Yeah, well, it's make, on a cellular level. Like, hair, there's... I was going to say... Cells. I'm assuming it's like a, par- like a parasite of some kind where it, like, you know, just ingests your body, takes it over, and then just spits it well, back they, out. Well, they show in, point, the, you know? in the prequel, like, a microscopic... Like, you can see the infected cells, and then it takes over the 
the healthy cells and then like imitates it like it does like a perfect copy of the normal cells so it does it on like a cellular level pixel graphics you know it's funny if the one doctor not the not the diabetes doctor but the other doctor dr copper maybe he uh he has a nose ring. I didn't even notice it until like just <laughs> that threw I did me notice that too. like halfway through the movie. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, when did he get a fucking nose ring? I thought I would have noticed hey, that you know? before. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's very ahead of his. That's very modern. He got his PhD in the. He got his PhD in the 70s when things were a wilder I guess time. So. I don't know. For the 80s though, having a nose ring though, that's kind of. I know. Crazy. I thought. Sorry. I thought that was cool. They actually go in the spaceship in the 2011 version, which <laughs> I don't know. It was just bad. Because, like, you know how in the 1982 version, the spaceship is all, like, damaged and stuff? Yeah. Um, When they discover well, it. Yeah, they just, yeah. It's, at first, when they discover it in the prequel version, it's in, like, pristine condition. But in, like, the final scene of the movie, um, like, they have to use, like, a grenade to blow up the the thing that's chasing them or whatever. And then that's what wrecks the ship. Which doesn't really make sense because the ship crash landed in the first place, so the ship would, should be wrecked anyways. It's but like a it's, when they f- it's like explaining something that you didn't want to explain. Crash landed in the snow. Yeah, exactly. Th- that's what that's what that whole movie was. Is they it's just because like, let the people they had to explain every up. single little detail. Yeah, you know? some movies just don't need a prequel or a sequel. Exactly. It was it was a very unnecessary movie. Like in Star Wars, when they went to try and go back and explain how the Force works, mm-hmm. like no, just fucking, it's just the fucking Force. It's magic. Just like let it it's be magic. and let, yeah, let things be the way they are. So, you no, you don't have to go back and like flesh out the universe and stuff like that. Just you know, have some mystery to things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I say I I guess if we want to get towards the end of the movie, uh. I don't know. I thought like some of the, some of the way it ended where, you know, I guess it's McCready and the two other guys that get picked off eventually. And then it's basically just McCready by himself, just like blowing up the whole fucking base. Then they, they eventually know that like, you know, the radios are out. All our travel is out. Like there's no fucking way we're getting out of here. We're just, we're all, we're going to die here. We just have to basically. Movie people can just die. Not let it die. Just like one person can just decide that they're all going to die and nobody like cries or freaks out or like proposes another idea. It's always a movie thing. They did that in Prometheus. They were like at the very end of that movie, uh, I think it's Idris Elba's character. I think he's the pilot. He's just like. Nope, we're going to stop this alien from leaving. We're going to sacrifice ourselves and, cr- and blow it up. And nobody says anything. They're like, all right, we're going to die now. Fate. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine just spending just... like your whole life and then somebody just next to you is like, and then we're going to die. And like, all right. And then when he proposed, we're going to blow this place up, they all just like look at him like, okay. But I'm like, I get it. I get You got to know you're not why. getting out of there. But nobody like freaking cries a little bit. And says like, oh my God, I wish I could have seen my wife one more time. Or I wish I... Something, you know, nobody, they're just like, I was gonna say, every character know. wants to be a hero, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. That, I mean, true. it's just something I just see in movies where, like, the you gotta speed things up and you can't have people, like, getting in the way, pushing, you know, unless it's for the plot. But I don't know. They're like, all right, we're gonna blow this place up. Like, wow, can we do it in another way, <laughs> if anything? Well, at the end, it was weird because, well, at some point, I don't even remember, 
Childs disappears. Like he runs out of the. He station. thinks he saw the doctor, and he leaves his his. Yeah. But then where was post. he? At, like in between all that time, and then he just reappears. He said he got lost in the storm. Yeah. When he returns at the very end, he goes, "Where'd you go, Childs?" And he goes, "I thought I saw the doctor, and I ran after him. And I got lost in the storm." But the thing is, the uh, the thing the always. Thing is. Yeah, the thing is the thing. Uh, recreates people in with the identical clothes that they were last wearing. And if you look at what Childs is wearing, the last time we see him, he's wearing kind of black and blue or whatever, I think. And then in the scene that he returns at the end after the monster's been killed, he's wearing different clothes. Is it implied that he's uh, turned then? We don't see his breath, really. It's hard to see his breath. Okay. And that's like the big giveaway. Interesting. Um, I thought at the end that yeah, I thought that McCready was gonna was gonna pull some shit and that he was dead. I don't know. I thought Chi- I thought Childs was the thing at the end. I I'm I'm either or. I think that's what makes it awesome is that that you don't know and it it's doesn't really matter. According to Kurt Russell, yeah. Like, yeah, we're gonna die anyways. We're gonna freeze to death or whatever. Because right. uh, but the the thing doesn't like f- heat, and some speculate that Kurt Russell doesn't really drink when he has it. And he's just holding kerosene waiting to see if the thing shows up. And of course it does as, as a uh, child's and he hands it over to him to drink from. And it's not really booze. It's kerosene. He's going to kill it. But Oh, really? I had that thought. He doesn't well, sip out of it. it. When he handed it over, I'm like, I wonder if that's really alcohol, but he's also trying to just, drink the know, whole time and he never can. Cause straight. of the, <laughs> that's activity. true. That is true. But that's a good movie because you can speculate it to this day and still analyze and, and question and nobody really knows. Yeah. I think that's a well. I do like movie. that. Not all all the questions are answered. There's still a lot of uh, mystery to it, which I liked. Um, you can speculate on your own. And that's what makes it fun about it. Fun to talk about. Well, let's just say they had like before the thing showed up, they had a pretty sweet setup in Antarctica. They had like pool tables. Oh, hell yeah. And a full stocked bar and arcade machines and like just, you know, a full kitchen and all that shit. Like good on them for being all set up in Antarctica. Like, fuck yeah. I saw in the book that they even have like two cows or something like that and a boatload of dogs. Mm -hmm. They had like a ton of animals. Hey, also uh, the doctor at the end there. How long is he in there? Two days? In that little that shack or whatever that they, they lock him in, I where, thought he, it was where he builds the UFO, Doctor Blair's. Yeah, they go in there like, oh, he's been busy. Like, goddamn right, he's been busy. And even if he is the alien, uh, he dug out a very big underground base. That's <laughs> I true. I just don't understand where did he, where did he put the snow? How did he get? And it he out was there? using helicopter parts just, to build that to build the spacecraft. And like, how did he get out to grab the helicopter parts to build said? thing maybe i was dumb because i just assumed that tunnel was already there and he was just going down there and building his little spaceship but i never thought that he actually dug that out himself i don't know why he ripped the floor yeah the panels off the floor off the ground and then started digging but where the hell yeah i don't know did the snow go and exactly how did i and how long did he have? I thought mm-hmm. he only had like two days. And I don't know. Time's kind of hard in this movie. It's one of those movies that you kind of just got to go for the ride. It's a tight movie. It's a fun movie. Uh, it's got everything you pretty much want, especially out of a classic that you hear so many things about. But maybe this is just don't look at the details too much. I like movies that take place in one like confined location. 
because you really get to know, you know, the station and everything and the ins and outs and all the different rooms and everything of the location. It just feels it feels claustrophobic. um, And I don't know, it almost feels cozy in a way, too, because you get to know, you know, the ins and outs of uh, the the research station and everything. But I just thought that was cool. I wanted to bring that up. I'm a sucker for that or the 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 setting is mm-hmm. the whole movie is in one spot and there's a lot of and you don't really there's a lot of comparisons you can draw to like alien to like in the sure in the stromo and everything even like the, the shining just like a an iconic setting yeah yep with the shining the hotel yeah. you're like the characters in the movie you're just like over and over you kind of see the same thing but oh wait something's different mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. now overall i think it was a it was a cool movie it's just like the the mystery of it and like the, you know, I didn't think of it more of a horror movie. I thought of more of a, like a suspense kind of movie where like, you know, you don't know who's who and that kind of shit. So I don't really get in on too much of the horror gore movies or whatever, but uh, I thought this one was a, a super cool, super cool look back. Everything held up really well as far as like the practical effects. Like obviously some parts of it you see are kind of like, yeah, I can tell that's a fucking model like stuff like that but like i don't know overall i think it was, effects, a, it was a super cool movie the effects in this movie the practical effects look ten thousand times better than the shitty cgi they had in the <laughs> nice. oh i've always thought this is the greatest practical effects we've ever seen really yeah good. Dude, whoa, whoa whoa it's it's spectacular what what else could be better jurassic Star park this? Like, jurassic park dinosaurs Correct. But there was CGI. Dude, it was no, CG. I mean, it was mixed CG. It was like half and half. But like some I, of those things, like you see the the tire, like the triceratops oh, on the ground dispute. and shit like that. Like, mm. dude, I, I personally think though that this movie just shows you what you can you can do with practical mm-hmm. effects. I've never seen like where skin is ri- like a dinosaur head popping through. It's like, dude, go back and watch Jurassic Park. You can tell when it's a fake dinosaur. Yeah, the heads and the bodies are very stiff. But in this movie. I was like, wow, what if they got the shot wrong? They just wasted like weeks of work, I feel, because stuff is r- ripping. And that's why I had to rewind some of these scenes. I'm like, I thought there was, was no a CG lot of um, gloopiness in this movie. I, a lot of lick, I lot couldn't of, uh, get over wet, the cutting, squishy wet noises, flesh, pulling, a, squishy... a lot of squishing. Yeah. yeah. I just never seen anything like that. Like the one part I, really one third part I thought about specifically for that is like when he's doing the blood test. And just the camera angle on Kurt Russell is pointed at such an angle where, like, he's holding up the Petri dish and dipping it in. Mm-hmm. And, like, the camera angles where it's, like, hiding part of his arm where, like, so that something could, yeah. like, get pushed Smart. get pushed up his arm and out of the Petri dish. Where just, like, the, specifically the camera angle is, you know, hiding some of the practical effects and stuff like that where it's used to build suspense. But at the same time, if you're not paying attention, like, you would never never noticed something like that cameron's nasty with the camera he is a very smart man i mean he wrote the music to halloween right he's a very smart carpenter you mean huh carpenter you mean what i said you said cameron sorry carpenter yeah i saw cameron oh no i mean great director as well i meant yeah sorry carpenter is the man he is so talented and he knows what he's doing with the camera and I love how he directed this movie. He got a really he got really cool shots. Like that shot, Dave, is smart because it also gives you the scare factor because you're really just lost in the mm-hmm. moment. But he's also trying sure. to conceal mm-hmm. 
this thing because he's doing practical effects and I just think he doesn't get to rely on CG. He's like, I oh, will just post that shit in and all that <laughs> stuff. He he's just got really cool shots in this movie and the the slow movement, kind of like Alien, right, Eric? What you're saying is it kind of is like mm-hmm. that where you're slowly walking through the hallway like you are one of the characters. And I just it really pulls you in. And when the scary scenes happen, it's like, oh shit. And and everything else is pretty slow moving and his camera work was great, especially the beautiful outside shots too. And shooting in the dark, shooting with fire, shooting all that stuff. I in thought it was snow, in yeah. the snow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh it must God. have been tough. A lot of Yeah, it must have been One very thing that tough, threw me so. off too, I don't know, just a random stupid gripe that nobody probably pays attention to, but uh it's in Antarctica and dudes are going outside with like without hats and without gloves and stuff like that. Like that I don't know. It's just me thinking of how fucking cold it probably is down there, but uh, I don't know. I don't think I should be going. Guy, it's Kurt true. Russell shouldn't be going outside with his crazy ass fucking giant dumb and dumber cowboy hat uh, <laughs> when he should be, when he should be wearing a fucking beanie to keep his ears warm. He's wearing a goddamn giant cowboy hat in his Dude, helicopter. I'm telling so. you, watch the terror because they have to deal with the frigid snow, but it takes place in the North Pole, and it's how they deal with that. Dave is so cool so i don't know if you really want to see something that's like slow pace with that's kind of like the thing i would suggest you check out the terror but anywho yeah i'm with you on that i was like get inside your late or close the door oh real quick <laughs> oh yeah Dude, it's so cold out so, so real quick the 1950s version is not scary and i'm not saying because it was made in 1951 it's not scary at all to me and I think they tried to make a comedy. So it's there's a scene in the beginning when the guys are all kind of hanging out at this base and like, hey, there's a disturbance going on and we want to send you into this camp to investigate. And he's like, okay, whatever. So, but when he goes to the to the general's uh, room, it's like down in the um, Antarctic. And when as soon as he opens it, as soon as he opens the door, the general's like shut the door and it's like wow like he just opened the door right and then somebody else comes in a second later or like a few seconds later and the, the general's like uh-huh uh-huh and he's like shut the door and it's just like the timing is really funny because like these people just walked in and you got somebody yelling close the door and i thought that was pretty funny and then <laughs> i noticed that this movie does something that you don't see in movies to this day and this movie is made in 1951 where it is when people talk and somebody says something and they get cut off and there's overlapping in dialogue. And it is something that you never see. Everything's conveniently oh, true. Yeah. played. The mm-hmm. main character always parks in front of the main door. Like people get there, they don't have to hit red lights unless it's for the plot. Everything's kind of working around that person, like whatever. But yeah, dude, this movie, I was just really impressed that people will say something and then it's like, well, and then they'll just get cut off and it doesn't go anywhere and it's sloppy. And I just, I got to say, I don't know if you guys are going to check out the 1951 version. It's free on like archive.org or whatever, but. Nope. Yeah, I <laughs> well, can go. I, I, can, I can watch You, you shared a little bit of the Discord version and I like, I flipped through some of like the scenes in it and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm weird. It reminded me of being in like college film studies and I'm like, Nyeh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a sucker for like old movies these days. So, uh, but anyways, yeah. So, but. I just want to kind of point out that, that it was more of a comedy. Like there's another scene where like there's this journalist and the kind of one of the first times the humans uh, encounter the the thing in this old movie. Uh, he's like, all right, guys, uh, we're going to open the door, see if the monster's still in that room. Like, all right. He's like, when you do, I'm going to they're going to try and kill it. And he's going to try and take a shot. <laughs> 
And they, they don't know if it's in this room or not. But as soon as they open the door, the thing's like right there and starts swinging at them. So instantly, they just close the door. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, like, did you get the shot, Scotty? And he's like, no. And it's like, all right. Because he's like, holy shit, that scared the fuck out of all of us. And he's like, you want me to open it again? He's like, no, don't open it again. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, this movie is like old. It's, it's like seven years old. It's literally 70 years old. And it's kind of making me chuck a little bit. So I don't know. I'm done pushing that movie. But it's it's actually better than I thought it was going to be. I was actually impressed with it. So Another thing, another random thing. They're really um, uh, on top of it with the fire extinguishers in this movie. So when they... When the first dog, when they've burned down the first dog version of the thing, they're instantly in there with the fire extinguishers putting it out. Like, let that puppy burn <laughs> a little like, longer. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, they set him on fire and then instantly put him out. I'm like, give them time to burn down a little bit, you know? And like, I don't know why. They always have fire extinguishers. Like, when they when the Norwegians got there first with the helicopter and they accidentally blew it up, like, they're in there with the fire extinguishers. Like... Is putting that fire out really like your first concern right now? <laughs> like, You're in the is Antarctic. Going to hurt anything? Like, everything is covered in snow. Like it'll put itself out. Don't worry, it'll be fine. So, yeah, yeah. One other thing I thought was I just thought that was funny. Odd, but I don't know. I don't know if it's really odd, but like there's no, there's no women in the Antarctic. Like it's just a bunch of dudes. That, yeah. It is a giant. There's no women in this movie. Giant at all. Giant sausage fest. So in the 1951 version, there are women. Oh. And yeah, and I noticed that this one, they don't have women. And I think in the book, there's like a lot of people. Hmm. So this one, they specifically went just dudes, which very interesting. Yeah. I mean, the movie was fine as it was, but I just thought that was interesting to point out. The quote unquote main character in the 2011 version is a woman. Um, And she like, I don't know, they I don't know. They treat her character kind of shitty. Like the Do they speak Norwegian in the 2011 <laughs> version? Well, she's like a scientist and or she's a paleontologist. That's why they bring her down to the Antarctic. How just, convenient. Right, cuz they want her to why would... examine this like creature and tell them, you know, what it is and about its oh. biology and stuff. And I don't know. They just like talk down to her and undermine her and act like she's dumb and all this stuff so. i was gonna say why would you ever need a paleontologist in antarctica like that's a that's a very convenient thing to happen yeah because so. they were excavating the creature from the ice they wanted a mm. paleontologist there hmm. um but yeah like, i would i would say if you're at all interested in the 2011 movie i mean it's not long it's about the same length as the this one the 1982 version um it's worth, I mean, I don't I don't want to say that it's worth a watch, but if you're curious about it, I would say go for it. Like Be careful with your recommendations. The internet's going to hold you to those. <laughs> the, the internet remembers. Um, it's just, I don't know. I did, I, I don't know if I, I want to say I enjoyed some of it, like some of the callbacks, but. It's it just felt too ham fisted. Like it's tough. Hey, you remember this? Story. Hey, remember this? Yeah, exactly. Maybe watch the. Watch the 82 version first, and if that holds your interest, then jump to the 2011 version. I can see that. That's exactly what I did. So I would say, if you are going to do it, if you haven't seen either of them, I would say watch the 1982 version first, and then watch the 2011 version. Because that's what I did, because I was really into the, you know, I I just wanted to keep 
uh, getting more into this universe. So I just kept going on the 2011 version. And that's probably the only way that I would have watched it is back to back. Um, because standalone, I, I probably wouldn't recommend it. Okay. So that's the thing. That's the thing about the thing. It's that thing, thing you do. The thing. <laughs> that is the thing. <laughs> I have that song stuck in my head all week after watching this movie. Oh, that's funny. It's just like a happy 50s band singing about the thing. Oh. Multiple things. There's there's actually there's a thing comic book too, if you're interested. Is there? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a swamp thing. Swamp thing. There's a thing. There's a thing in the Fantastic Four. There's things everywhere. You know. This it's your we thing. were we were talking about. Um, do what you want to do. We were talking about movies that would make good video games. <laughs> uh, on you know two episodes ago, this one they already made a thing video game, but. I feel like this deserves like a modern, among us, right? A modern take, yeah. Like among, yeah, like Among Us is what I thought about when I was watching this. I mean, that's heavily inspired, but I'm thinking like a Alien Isolation type, like no, yeah, oh, first 100%. person or third person, you know, like 3D, uh, uh, whatever horror thriller game. And it could be like procedurally generated so that every time you play it, it's differently so, different so that you never know who is infected. You just come up with really cool characters and just kind mm-hmm. of flesh them I out th- and just, yeah. That'd yeah. Be cool. I think that'd be really good. Like a, um, I don't know, kind of like a detective game almost like trying to figure out who is, you know, who is the, uh, who is the thing who is infected, who's turned. Um, I don't know. I think this, it deserves a uh, modern interpretation in video game form. All right. Well, that's all right. I think we're done. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm all good. I got. Okay. Well, yeah. Watch that movie. It's, it's great. It's definitely worthy of the, of the title of, of a, of a classic from the eighties. And it's not too scary. It's a little gross with the gore. Otherwise it's a fun mm. ride. Perfect for great getting movie. in the, uh, the Halloween mood, you know, little, little horror appetizer. Mm-hmm. Yes, and real quick, I love horror movies, but I also know that a lot of them are bad. Do you guys like horror movies? Yeah, I like horror movies. Uh, I go, it depends on the kind of the horror movie. I don't know. Like something like okay. this, I, I really liked. I'm more of a suspense kind of and less of a horror not, stuff. Not slasher know. or anything like that, but yeah, like scary stuff. But okay. Cool. I, I right. dabble, but. All right, well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get into Halloween. I'm not the biggest Halloween fan, but I think... Uh, some of the content that we'll be getting into is really fun. So, but yeah, that was the thing. So we got that one in and I had a blast watching it. It was so cool to watch that one. So let's take a break and then we're going to come back. I got a new game that we're going to play. So, all right, we'll be right back. We have returned, and it's game time, and I've got a new game. I made it up, and I think it's kind of fun. I'm hoping that it comes out fun, but yeah, it's called, Hey, Who Said That? Hey, and all I'm asking that? is who for said that? Eric and Dave, for you guys to kind of play by the rules of the first one to shout, it, shout their name gets to make a guess, and all I'm asking really for is the movie. So you need... Movie, not character. Exactly. Technically, it's, uh, hey, what movie were they saying that in? But, hey, who said that? 
it's cooler. <laughs> but yeah, I'm more looking for the movie. If you can give me the character, whatever. But it's it's not just one character. It's just conversations. Oh, okay. I was going to go a monologue route, but I'm not really doing that. So yeah, just give me the movie. movie Otherwise, okay. that's that's it. Yeah, so just tell me the movie. I will start reading. I've got some scripts, uh, movie scripts in front of me. So the first to get three right wins. All you got to do is say your name. Okay? Got it. Fire away. All right. I feel like this one's fairly easy, so good luck, gentlemen. That's what you think. You can leave if you want. I won't try to stop you, but you won't survive out there. You don't know what to do, where to go. I have a map. Blank. I've watched you your whole life. I saw you take your first steps, your first word. Your first kiss. Dave. I know you bet. Truman Show? Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. I haven't seen that one in a while. I haven't seen yeah. that one in a while, but that's immediately what I thought of when you said. Okay. I've, I've watched you your whole life. Yep. First steps. I knew blah, it blah, sounded blah, blah. familiar. Yep. Good movie, though. I haven't seen okay. that in ages. Good job. Yeah. It, it holds up. I saw it a couple years ago. I'm like, man, this movie is so good. All right. This one's going to be fun, but interesting. Um, I'm hoping both of you seen this. I think so. <laughs> you better hope suck. so. <laughs> or else it's gonna be a short, short question. Actually, yeah, hold on a second. Let me let me go let me go to this one. Ready? <clears throat> blank, are you still there? I wouldn't think about leaving blank unless you want to open up the front door. I'm afraid not. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Oh, Dave. Another orphan. Dave, 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 Dave. That's Die Hard. Oh, wow. Wow, man. Boom. I know. You're I know when me. Hans Gruber is talking to John McClane. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's a walkie talkie oh, wow. conversation right there. Mm hmm. Yep. I should have okay. known that. Yep. All right. <laughs> to be fair, uh, you've seen, I've seen Die Hard once. You've seen it like 100,000 <laughs> times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I got Ready? you there. Uh. Oh boy, I, I want to be, I want to, I want to help you out, Eric. Um, <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Okay, all right, we'll we'll just go with. Oh man, all right, yeah. I mean, I, oh. just do it. Okay, do you've it. seen this one. I know you've seen this, so just good luck. Okay, ready? <laughs> Hello, beautiful. You must be blank squeeze, and you are beautiful. You look nervous. It's the scars, isn't it? Wanna know how I got them? I had Eric? a wife. Is it the Dark Knight? You got it. Woo! Okay, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good pull, the right scars. there. The scars. The yep, scars. Uh, yep. That gave me the hint. Yep. Yep. You're reading these um, perfectly, like the characters read them in the movie. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Um, I was like, and Heath Ledger little... was in the room with me. There's a little. <laughs> uh okay there's a theme here but i don't know if you guys have picked up on it yet but anyways okay here's the next one so it's two one dave's got two eric's got one eric needs to get at least one to stay alive here we go as you can see we've had our eye on you for some time blank dave eric (laughs) who was it wow was it it was definitely dave okay all right is it the matrix it's the matrix Oh yeah, hey. I knew. Yes, yeah. I knew the Matrix so the was theme, coming. That's a, that's a Morpheus quote the right theme, there. 
the theme was the, when the the main hero, like the hero and the antagonist meet. Oh, so okay. Truman That's cool. is when okay. he actually talked. Yeah, um, and then the last one was the Dark Knight when he actually introduces himself to like Bruce Wayne and all those mm-hmm. guys, Dent and all them stuff. So I thought that was cool. And then this one, obviously, Agent Smith meets Neo. Um, Let's do the other ones. But I got yeah. Let's just use the other two just because it's it's fun. So okay, ready? All right. No, forget it. It's too risky. I'm through doing that shit. You always say that. The same thing every time. Never again. I'm through. Too dangerous. I know that's what I always say. I'm always right too. But but you forget about it in a day or two. Well, yeah, the days of me forgetting it are over. And the days of me remembering it have just begun. When you go on like this, you know what you sound like? You sound like a sensible fucking man. This is what I sound like. Uh, is this Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No. It's... You sound like a duck. Okay, it sounded like that. Quack, 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 quack. Well, take heart, because you're never going to have to hear it again. Cause, because since I'm never going to do it again, you're never going to have to hear me quack about it. How I'm never going to do it again. After tonight? Correct. I got it all tonight to quack. Can I get somebody any more coffee? Oh, yes. Thank you. I'm doing fine. I mean, the way it is now, you're taking the same fucking risk as you, as when you rob a bank. You take more of a risk. Is banks it, are easier. Federal banks aren't supposed think, to stop you. I think I know what it is. Go what ahead. Is it? is it heat? Nope. No? I, I nope. I heard about this guy walked into a federal bank with a portable phone, handed the phone to the teller. The guy on the other end of the phone said, "Why uh, we got this guy's little girl, and if you don't give him all your money, we're gonna kill her." Did it work? Fucking a, it worked. That's what I'm talking about. Knucklehead walks into a bank with a telephone, not a pistol, not a shotgun, but a fucking phone. Cleans the place out, Dave. And they don't lift a fucking finger. Is this a Reservoir Dogs quote? Man, you guys are getting so close. Oh. Did they hurt the little girl? I don't know. There probably never was a little girl. The point of the story isn't the little girl. The point of the story is they robbed the bank with a telephone. You want to rob think, banks. I don't think I've seen this movie. I'm not saying I want to rob banks. I'm just illustrating that if we did, it would be easier than what we've been doing. Is it a Tarantino so, movie? Yes. Is it Pulp? fiction it's the opening scene to pulp fiction okay i yeah i was i was gonna say that but i could not i couldn't place who was talking is that bunny and the the other guy talking yep okay yep Yep. hmm and then the last that's a good one right here yep that one kind of broke the rules at that point but um they kind of meet like jewels and all that stuff at the diner so yeah yeah I don't know. I just like the idea of characters kind of meeting. Anyways, and this is the last one, and then we'll end, we'll end the uh, episode. Okay, ready? All right. So real quick, we tried to do the last one, and it was the usual suspects. And I'll spare everybody in the edit that I I just read like I feel like half the movie. Brandon read five minutes of a script. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of a script. Yeah, it's a great movie. The usual suspect. Yeah, I read the scene where they're all in captivity, kind of poking at each other and it's it's a great movie um add it to the list okay well good thing yeah i had no idea that you guys didn't do that but anyways congratulations dave on on winning that game that was fun Uh, it was different 
So yeah, there you go. Um, but we'll be back. Uh, Star Wars Visions just came out, so we're starting to watch some of those. We're gonna have um an episode on that next, right? Is that what we're doing next? Fuck yeah. Okay. So there you Alrighty. go. Alrighty. All right, that was the thing episode. Thanks everybody for listening and playing along with us at the end. Follow us on social. You know what to do. I'm out of here. What about you guys? Peace out. Yep, I'm I'm out of here. I'm going to bed. Bedtime. <laughs> All right. See you. See you later. <laughs>